You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello, and welcome to episode 362 of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan, and I'm here tonight with Justin and Shane. Uh, say hello, guys, and tell everyone why you're here. Hey, I'm Justin. And I'm Shane. And uh, we're here to talk about our short film, Seven Minutes in Hell. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully this episode will not be seven minutes of hell. Uh, hopefully it will be, you know... 30 minutes of hell. So uh, what role did, did each of you have in, uh, in creating the shorts, uh, just so that people, you know, have an idea of uh, who they're listening to talk about the short? That, that was a grammatically sensical sentence, right? That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that worked for us. <laughs> uh, so we're a writing and directing team. So um, Justin and I both uh, co-wrote and co-directed, and Justin also edited the film. Okay. Uh, so with Seven Minutes in Hell, what was your inspiration for telling this specific story? Uh, you know, because I, I could imagine that it's just like a, I mean, everyone knows about seven minutes in heaven, so what if it's hell instead? And if that's the answer, all right, cool. Uh, but, you know, that's that's something I've been starting with uh, with everyone with these interviews is where did your inspiration come come from to tell the story that you told? Well, it definitely did start with, like, we want to make a kick-ass scary film we were just itching to make a really scary uh scary movie we had just come from like we had just uh directed a bunch of like children's comedy shows and we were like that's fun and that's great but what if we made like something that would actually scare people um and that is definitely where it came from a lot of our stuff that we write comes from this idea of like usually one of us will be like what if we just did this? And then the other person's like, yeah, that sounds pretty fun. So that's definitely the the kernel of it was just like, oh, this is kind of like a fun, scary idea. Yeah. I mean, we knew like right from the title, we're like, oh, this idea works as a short. Um, and so I think it would be perfect. So you take that kind of like, you know, that fun, campy genre, uh, short idea and then we obviously like injected it with more of like you know what scares us and what was really exciting us at the time mm -hmm. to kind of give it you know another level on yeah top of it. yeah and we were working like we like i said we work on a lot of children's content so like we were working with a lot of kids who were entering their teenage years and we were watching the uh, pressures and like them deciding who they want to be and stuff. And we'd seen a lot of that in recent years, which I think was like something we had thought about recently a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, you said that you wanted to kind of infuse some of the things that scare you to like really bring, bring the story to life. Uh, a, a few years ago, 
um, we did Personal Fierce Week, where every single week we did actually daily episodes, and it was ridiculous of us, uh, but we did daily episodes of things that scared us, uh, my, myself, my co-host, and our guests at the time. And and it, it really tapped into a lot of just, you know, when there's this one thing, even if it's not necessarily terrifying to other people, even if it's not horrifying on its own, when it's something that taps into your own personal fears, dear God, these movies can be just gut-wrenching. Uh, so, for example, I was a new father at the time. My firstborn had just been born. And so my fear was, what if I fuck up as a parent? And so, like, what if I make one, like, tiny, small mistake and that ruins them for life? So, you know, watch movies like Joshua and We Need to Talk About Kevin and Cargo <laughs> and, like, movies that I, I think are great but just gut-wrenching. So... How did uh, how did you bring in some of your fears into the short, and what are some of those fears? Uh, well, at the time, we were both, uh, at, you know, as what's in our short, we were both like really into doppelgangers as a fear. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been like a big fan of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and right before we wrote it, we had watched like Annihilation. And there's like that existential horror that comes from like, you know, are like, am I, if I have like a copy, who's like the real me, right? you know, and uh, that kind of leads into uh, like fears of like, is everybody I'm talking to who they say they are, or have I been talking to a different person? Yeah. Um, so I, I have things to say about doppelgangers, but Shane, I want to get your response to that as well. What are some of the things that scared you and how did you bring that into uh, seven minutes in hell? Yeah, I think Justin definitely hit on something that definitely scares us, especially like we live in LA, we work in the film industry. We're always comparing ourselves to other people and you're comparing your, I mean, I'm sure outside of the industry too, like you're always comparing yourself to someone else. And so like a doppelganger is like an interesting way of like exploring that fear of like compare self comparison and looking in the mirror and looking at other people and like sizing yourself up. Um, So like that is definitely a thing that I think we go through at like our age. The other, I think the, the fun thing about this movie is we got to put in like a bunch of stuff that scares us down to like very specific things like, I cannot stand bone cracking. I like can't <laughs> do it. And there is like the our monsters bones crack like every five seconds. <laughs> and like when we were in the sound mix, I was like curled up in a ball because like I can't. So like even stuff that's like specific like that, that like I don't even know what the um the like emotional reason is. But sure. like um I think there's like this movie let us put a bunch of different things that scared us in into the movie. Yeah. I, yeah. You have those, like, you know, there's those like deeper things that were like, okay, we're going to build a core around it. But then, you know, we also just like, we like, you know, James Wan, the conjuring films. And like, we like these like scares that are, you know, I like, I always say that like the scare, like it's really, really hard to beat the scare of just like banging on the door really loud. Sure. (laughs) like that's just a very terrifying thing and we like we get a little bit into our short with that you know like you hear the bang scene but like you know along with like the deeper stuff we were like let's let's put these elements in that we like love to see 
in you know big fun dumb scary movies yeah well yeah and like bone crunching like that's such a visceral sound and uh you know i'm, I'm right there with you like i can watch someone in horror movies get their arms thrown off get you know just eviscerated you know limbs blowing left and right but show me uh, like one scene of someone getting a paper cut and like that sound of that paper kind of ever so slightly scratching and just i i cringe so hard the uh, the scene in Jackass <laughs> where they give each other those paper cuts in very sensitive places, oh, yeah. more horrifying than just about any horror movie I've seen. So I I can totally understand because yeah, even even just that sound of that paper cutting. Ah, oh, God, I can I can think of it now and it hurts me. Well, uh, yeah, it's also like it's um this is something that we try to do with our writing is like have scares that we understand. Like to your point, like ripping off an arm, like. I'm sure some people have experienced it, but like the general population is like, wow, that seems gross. But like, I don't know how that feels. Right. A paper cut, I think scares, I think a paper cut makes the average person like jump and, and kind of like get squeamish because they know what that is. There's something like relatable. And that was like, even though our movie has like a monster that no one in reality has ever come in, <laughs> come in contact with all the scares are stuff that like, you have experienced right. which i think is something that we tried to do is like have scares that you could experience even though you haven't yeah you've never experienced this monster but you know what being yeah. scared of the dark is you know right. yeah and similar to like you know a zombie you know when you think of like a zombie you could think of like oh they might tear open your stomach and pull stuff out but like the scariest thing about them is they bite because we all have felt like what a bite feels like. Sure. <laughs> and it hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, you know, like it, it's, it's very Fulcian, you know, like Fulci, uh, it's some horrific stuff that, that he shows in his movies. But anytime that he has one of his eye scenes, like because it focuses in so tight on it and it's usually, you know, a little bit slower than you would expect to happen. Like you can feel it so much more. And yeah, I've never had my eyes gouged out. But I've I've accidentally poked myself in the eye before, and that hurts. So yeah, giant chunk of wood going in there—it's got to be terrifying. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like that you are bringing together the that that very visceral, very just kind of basic level of all right, what's a scary sound? What's a, a scary image? Like let's just get at that you know raw emotion, but then bringing in some of that deeper stuff. And that's why I wanted to come back to doppelgangers because you know one of the things I think of at least when I think of doppelgangers and why they're so terrifying is not only does it get at sort of that duality of nature of, you know, it's very Freudian, like with the id and super ego of the best version of me would be doing this. The worst version of me would be doing this. What am I doing? Which version of me is actually the best version and the worst version? Am I only saying that's the best version because that's what I want? And so like having uh, that, that internal conflict, you know, that's something that everyone has experienced, especially people going through puberty, especially someone who's trying to figure out their identity, like having that dual nature, it's, it's terrifying. And, you know, you brought up Annihilation. That movie is great because of the way that it plays with some of those doppelgangers and because of uh, some of that brokenness before Oscar Isaac goes into the whatever they call it, the shimmer, I think. Like before he goes in there, seeing more of that broken relationship, it makes it so much more gut wrenching when when they reconnect of just like, all right what are they reconnecting? And and so like getting at how is this uh, tapping into, into humanity, but also what if you were the evil one? Like, you know, taking doppelgangers outside of that new duality and looking at it purely as 
doppelgangers really exist. There is me. There is evil me. What if I am evil me? You know, <laughs> like that's that's something that, uh, yeah, anytime that I see a doppelganger movie, that's one of the things that I always try to hone in on is which one's the real one and which one's the better one. And those two aren't always the same thing. Uh, so I have to ask, the movie is called Seven Minutes in, in Hell. Why isn't it seven minutes? Well, <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, Justin edited this, so he can can go into this more. The um, the time in the you know they go into a closet and they have that uh, they're in the closet and they're in like a version of hell. Right. That portion of the movie is seven minutes. Uh huh. So so like you could yes we could have made the whole thing seven minutes, but we wanted to explore a lot more than, you know, than seven minutes allowed. Um, also, we just like, you know, you get, when you make a short, you kind of want to throw a few fun things in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's so funny. But uh, originally when I was telling Shane, I told Shane, I was like, if anybody asks you if it's seven minutes, just say yes. <laughs> let them, let them prove us wrong. <laughs> I, I do kind but, of love the fact that seven minutes in hell is very much not seven minutes. No, it's double that. It's 14 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, what we get in the editing room, like we wanted to see if we could get it down to seven minutes. That was originally the plan. What you lose in those is like the moment where, you know, our monster uh, stares at Olivia and you get this like long mirroring shot. And, you know, while we're in the editing room, we're like, we, we love the shot. We want it to stay long. <laughs> yeah yeah we had some we definitely had some choices of how to make it short shorter for sure but then we're like you know what we do want our monster to stare at our main character for a minute and 10 seconds uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time for a stare it's, it's a long time yeah that's uh, we like it it's good that's, that's almost 10 percent of your short <laughs> it's a good amount of time uh but it's creepy it's like it's funny like a lot of people come out of the a lot of people who've watched the short have told us like that was the scariest moment of the movie mm-hmm. and it's nothing scary nothing that scary is happening it's just like our dot our to your point like our our doppelganger and our main character are literally just taking each other in yeah yeah um, and you see a, a slow switch between uh, an aggressive monster to a monster that's mirroring, which means that I have a, a bit of a more sinister motive. Yeah. Well, and it also works because uh, it's, yeah, the, the shortest 14 minutes. And so with seven minutes of it being in hell and, you know, like having the, again, this play on seven minutes in heaven, but having that seven minutes in hell and then seven minutes not in hell, you're also bringing in a little bit more through that cinematic language of that dual nature of it's the same amount of time. What happens literally in hell what happens outside of hell how do those two things interact with each other so i i do appreciate the fact that it is as long as it is and it wasn't just the seven minutes uh in in the hell of the closet but i just i i had to ask i'm i'm for sorry sure, for i'm not sure. sorry because well, i'm i'm just not but <laughs> it's not the last time we're gonna get the question no, it's not uh, no for sure i mean the you know we we made the decision like where we really wanted to show this like high school uh storyline before we get into the horror we really mm-hmm. wanted to do like 
show this group of kids and this main character of like who is she's like still finding herself and finding who she wants to be and we really wanted to get into that before we get into the horror because even though it's a short film we really did want it to feel like it had a complete story we didn't want to go for yeah. you know while those movies we really like them and they're they're super fun but we wanted to do something more than just um a monster showcase yeah i mean i think it's like if you don't get a little bit of time before you go in that closet to really see it, it's like you end up getting the scenario of like um um kind of like uh, you know the the first kill in a lot of horror movies where it's right. an opening scene where if someone's immediately in the horror you're expecting them to die right whereas if you meet them before and you learn their motives and you learn they're just like you now you're rooting for them to live yeah well and you know with the rooting for them to live there've been so many horror movies that are really fun that aren't, in my opinion, necessarily good because I don't care about the characters. Uh, there are a few very big-name horror movies that people love and adore, and I have such a problem with because I just don't care. I'm going to use one that I've talked very openly uh, about on the podcast before, so it's no surprise. I do not love It Follows because I just don't care about those characters. I know that might be blasphemous to the indie horror crowd, but I just, I, I don't care. And so like, as they're being, you know, hunted by this demon or whatever it is, I'm just like, I, all right, I wish that thing would just hurry up. Can it like run to get this over faster with like, it's, it is beautifully shot. It is an amazingly well done movie. But I just don't care about them. So yeah, giving that time to care about these characters, giving that time to get to know them, you know, at, at, at least enough to, because like you said, it's a 14 minute short, there's not enough time to dive that deep into it, but enough time to give the uh, the audience something to connect to so that as they're watching it, they can identify with at least one of those characters. So when, you know, shit starts to the fan, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I can see myself as that person. What would I do in that situation? Probably even dumber decisions than what they're doing. So I'm I'm glad that you spent the time with it. Um, you know, watching it gave me some very strong like Night of the Demons vibes. Um, where uh, oh crap, the can't remember the name of it right now, but it's a a horror movie where they break into like an abandoned high school that. Earlier in the film, they bullied this kid and they thought that he was all dead and he came back and he's the one haunting them. There's questions about, is he like a zombie or did he never actually die? Uh, maybe class of 1984? Maybe? I can't remember. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like the high school horror genre, especially when it plays with some of those very dark elements. So I, I had a lot of fun with, uh, with Seven Minutes in Hell. Um, I have another question for you. Sure. Seven minutes in heaven. People go into a closet. They make out. It's supposed to be wonderful and amazing. It's supposed to be seven minutes in heaven. This was not that experience. Now, I have a, a theory, or at least I have an interpretation of, uh, of what I picked up on when I was watching it. But before I give my take on, uh, on things, why, aside from just the wordplay, why go with the seven minutes in heaven slash seven minutes in hell uh, sort of thing? Because you, you could have gone with spin the bottle. You could have gone with um, any number of those sort of like high school makeout games. Why specifically did you go with seven minutes in heaven? And then, you know, how did you translate that into a horror movie? And I, I have a theory, but I want to get your answer first. 
I think um I think the fun thing about seven minutes in heaven as a as like a, a horror element of a game is like in high school you're constantly putting on airs and you're putting on faces and you're sort of figuring out who you want to be and that's like that ties into the stoppelganger thing we're talking about but the fun thing about seven minutes in heaven is at a certain point these two characters are going to be alone they're going to be separated from their friends they're going to be separated from their either their support system or their or the people who are like cheering them on at a certain point these two people are going to be alone in a room and that's kind of an interesting thing of like yes they're surrounded by friends but what happens when they're not surrounded by friends yeah i mean <clears throat> the difference is like you know spin the bottle is a game about like you know you, you spin the bottle and you kiss someone and if you want to make a just a horror film on that you get spin the bottle and someone's a monster face <laughs> but the the fun thing about seven minutes in in heaven is like seven minutes in heaven you go into a closet in the comedy version, you might like, you know, realize you're falling in love with a person. <clears throat> in our horror version, you know, the, yeah, like what Shane was saying, these two kids are are going to realize that, you know, they're not uh, they're not on the same page and they're not who they thought each other was. Mm -hmm. I also think there's something fun about the fact that I don't know anyone who has a positive experience about this game. <laughs> and like, <laughs> this is like a thing that like high schoolers have played for many, many years. And I don't know anyone who's like, looks back on it. It was like my favorite time in high school was the time I played seven minutes in heaven. It's like a terrifying, awful experience. And I think, I think the people who had a good experience in seven minutes in heaven, don't go on to make movies. <laughs> they're like, they're a very different type of person. Um, and so I think there's something up to that too. There's something communal of like, even if it wasn't a horror movie, as soon as people in a movie are playing seven minutes in heaven, I think most of the audience is like, Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> Plus it's like, it, it inherently is a forced thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like two people naturally deciding to, you know, start making out like inherently it's it's two people who don't who might not even know each other that well in a closet with the pressures to start something yeah and as like a teenager you're you're dealing with like not only like the peer pressure of the event happening but what you're comfortable with what the other person's comfortable with and boundaries like are gonna get crossed like you know it's it's a it presents itself with a lot of opportunity for, for uncomfortableness that can be escalated into horror. Yeah, I think our, our film is a PSA to end the game seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I will fully support that. Uh, <laughs> so before I give my take, which is actually lining up very, very closely with a lot of what uh, y'all, what y'all have just said, I want you to make a follow-up short called "Someone's a Monster Face." Where it is just <laughs> spit the bottle, and then rather than kissing, someone's a monster and it eats them. Uh, all right. So the uh, when I was watching it, I was picking up on a lot of what you were what you were just talking about with the no one has ever had a good time in seven minutes in heaven. Let me rephrase that: no two people have ever had a good time in seven <laughs> minutes in heaven. 
I'm positive there's plenty of one person who had a good time in Seven Minutes in Heaven and someone else was miserable. Because, you know, like how many comedy movies is it like the joke where it's the really hot girl and they're intentionally setting uh, the loser up to go in there so they can humiliate him? Or it's, you know, like... You know, it, it kind of plays both ways in terms of like the super hot person is going in there with someone that is the social outcast. But then also, how many times has the dude in Seven Minutes in Heaven just been like really rapey? And like the girl's like, no, I don't want to. And the dude's like, no, but you have to. This is the game. You have to do it. And so there's so many horrific and hellacious things about Seven Minutes in Heaven that when I was watching Seven Minutes in Hell, I was like, oh, this feels like it is exactly a PSA against <laughs> seven minutes in heaven because of all of the, this is a hellacious time. Most people who are doing seven minutes in heaven are probably very early in, in the romantic life or, you know, still, you know, somewhat going through puberty. They're probably not as sexually matured as, as others because, you know, someone who's a lot more matured is probably just going to, you know, choose someone and just go make out with them because why play a silly game? But the way that it taps into, like, when you get in there, this person that you're really excited about kissing, because it's been a couple of weeks, so I might have forgotten some of the details, but uh, the female lead, like, she was really excited to be in there, right? And then the dude turns into a monster. Yep, that right there is, you know, sexual assault in a split image of, but he seems like such a nice guy. I'm so excited to be in here. And now he's a monster who's going to only do what he wants with no regard for, for my uh, safety or, or my body. And I don't know if that's what you were necessarily trying to go for, but it was impossible for me to watch this and not feel all of these things of this feels like teenagers going through the hell of being forced to do something physically that again, maybe one of them wants to the, the, the demon was having a great time because he gets to be all demony. Not everyone who goes in there has a great time. So that was my take on it. And I'm, I'm glad I mean, to you, hear that that's the nail not on the head with it. I mean, there's a reason like why that scene's in there and it's not just, they go in and get attacked by something like we're, we're, we're trying to say what, you, what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, taking into account like the unwritten like you're saying the unwritten rules of seven minutes in heaven are already unfair and i would yep. say that that we were trying to use that as a way of saying like the unwritten rules of like high school are somewhat unfair and like there's some as the, they're kids and they're figuring out like what they where their boundaries are and using that as like a way to explore that and a lot of people have a lot of different takeaways from that scene for sure we've heard quite a few different you know perspectives on it yeah, yeah. well because like the but, monster doesn't eat the dude the monster becomes the dude you know like like you said as soon as they're isolated as soon as they're alone the the non-socially acceptable side is what comes out as soon as it has a second alone to do whatever it wants and and again whether or not that was intentional that was a huge piece that I took away from it and why I had so much fun with it because yeah, it's a, whatever. It's just a fun, you know, that seven minutes in hell. Da, 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 it's a funny take on seven minutes in heaven and it can play just as that it can play as just a really fun, hellacious high school making out demon movie. Ooh, it but is, let yourself tap into it and it can yeah, be so we're, much we're glad we're glad that's how you took it that is yeah. definitely how we were trying to present it it's an, sure. it's an interesting thing because the writing and directing process is very different 
it's like the writing process you you start out writing like that kind of version and mm-hmm. you're all about like okay what we're saying what this is what we're saying this is how we're gonna do it and then once you get into the directing and the editing process you start caring less about exactly what you're trying to say and more on feeling mm-hmm. you know like you get the the those feelings out there that like when you know the audience takes it in they're like okay this is this is what it meant to me and it connects explicitly like you don't if you're told exactly what it is it doesn't hit you the same way as when you see it yeah and and you feel something that you haven't felt since you were 15 <laughs> yeah well <laughs> hopefully not too many of us have uh, felt demons chasing us but <laughs> uh, everyone's been through puberty so yes we know exactly what that feels like <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're always hesitant to say like, oh, it's only interpreted one way. It's only meant to be one way um, because there's always like what we what we wrote and what we intended and what we found in the film and wanted to wanted to give across like in that final product, which is like how it makes you feel. Right. Well, and I think that it's totally fine to say like this is exactly what we were trying for. And if someone doesn't get that or someone takes something different away or someone's like, oh, I don't care what it meant. I just had fun with it. Like, in my opinion, who cares? Like, who cares if what the the, the writer, director, producer, actors, like who cares if what they intended comes across exactly the same way for what other people get? Because different, you're approaching the story through your experiences of what story do you want to tell? And, an, and you are telling a singular story with a lot of characters and a lot of moving parts. The audience watches a film as a singular person and more than likely they're going to connect to a singular character. And so, you know, like that's why I think so many different people respond so differently to, to films, whether they be short films or feature lengths or, you know, four hour Snyder cuts. Like when you're watching a film, you don't connect to everyone you might understand how everything is uh, tying in together, but it's that one character that you connect with and how their story is told in the film that people come away with it, come away from the movie, uh, you know, identifying with it or saying why they liked it or didn't like it. And so, uh, so yeah, like I, I, I am glad that you had a vision for what you were trying to do because honestly, I really hate it when people are just like, I don't know, it looked cool and they don't have any sort <laughs> of uh, reason as to why they're doing things. Yeah, I think we have that feeling of like, we want to go into anything that we make with a purpose and something that we're trying to express, but then we're very cognizant of the fact that once we put it out into the world, it's no longer ours and we're not going to try to influence how someone takes something that we create. Like if they, I'm like, that's why I kind of wanted to hear your take first. Cause I, I was kind of like, like, I don't want to influence anyone's take on what they, on how they interact with something we create. It's not like once it's in the world, it's, it's really no longer ours. Yeah. But you know, it is fun. <clears throat> uh, you know, speaking of like doppelgangers and duality and stuff, it, I think part of the fun for filmmaking is like, we, you know, if we, if we just had a message, uh, I don't know, we would write books. Like the fun, <laughs> the fun thing about like filmmaking is like you're 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 doing both, you know. You're right. like, okay, let's get a message, let's get what really scares us, let's get something we're trying to say, and let's also give you the aesthetics of some of our favorite horror films. Um, you know, the things that's that make us excited and 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 scared and all that, and you know, 
once you kind of push those together, I mean, I think that's why filmmaking connects to so many people. And you lose some intent as you make it. Like when you're writing it, it's a purely selfish, nice uh, experience where you just, we, we sit there and we write and whatever, you know, we write the way we write together is we write at the same time. So we are literally just like sitting in a room looking at what each other's writing and just going like, Oh yeah, cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> and I'll do this and I'll do this. But then you get on set and then it becomes even less of yours. Cause now you're on set with, you know, this crew was like 30, 30 some odd people. Yeah. And then it's all of yours, you know, like someone could be like, Oh, that shot was this or, Oh, that was so interesting. Why you chose that. And you're like, Oh, well, cause like the boom operator was in the corner and I had to frame it <laughs> this way, you know, and it's like, and, or, or you're like, no, the art director had an amazing idea and was like, Oh, why don't you shoot this insert? And like, yeah. so it becomes more of a communal voice, I think. And then, so by the time then you have the way the audience member took it and that could, there's a million reasons why an audience member takes something in the way they take it in. So by the time it comes out, it's like, it's cool. Like, yeah, we definitely want to share our intents and share why it's um, why we made something, but always very happy to hear how other people took it in. Yeah. So with the two of you writing in the same room and uh, going through this process together, how much of seven minutes in hell was really just like a dig at man? This other person just isn't listening to any of my ideas. I'm I'm just gonna turn Justin into the monster. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Justin and I have been writing together for ten years. We started writing together in film school where we met. Um, yeah, we so, started with like sketch comedy. Yeah, so we started in a sketch, you know, sketch comedy group, and then we started writing professionally when we moved to Los Angeles. So we have a pretty good rapport. Um, we, I mean, we have like a number one rule, which is basically if you write a line and the other person doesn't like it, you get one chance to fight for it and then it's over and then you hit delete. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we often, we often yell like, like, all right, we'll beat it. You can't delete it. You have to, <laughs> you have to beat the idea. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we, have, we've been doing this for a while where we have like a couple unwritten rules that we like adhere to. Um, but I think we definitely took our own personal high school experience and put it in here for sure a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that many, I don't think that many super popular high schoolers are then go into making horror films. <laughs> let's let's put I mean, it that way. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 again, I had such a, 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 such a blast with seven minutes in hell. It was, it was fun. It was dark. It was spooky. It was bone crunchingly delicious. Uh, and, and then it really had like, we've been talking about these deeper elements that really elevated it beyond just, I don't know, here's a demon. Sure. Why not? So I loved it. I really hope that people check it out. Uh, and with that, where can people check it out uh, if it is not available online yet? Some of the people that I've been talking to, they're like, oh, it's about to be uh, online in X amount of months. Um, but, you know, are there any distribution plans for it yet? Uh, is it still on the festival circuit? If so, can you announce any of those places that it's going to be screening? Where can people, uh, if they have a chance, catch Seven Minutes in Hell? Well, so yeah, it's still, it is still very much in the festival circuit. Um, I think Justin's currently pulling up the next few festivals. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, I know it's coming to LA shorts. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the LA area, um, I believe it is the, I believe it's the 27th 
whatever that Saturday is. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's very much still on the festival circuit. It's yeah. coming to LA shorts and a few, a bunch of other festivals throughout the year. Um, we're hoping to be where, whatever horror fest will have us. We'll yeah, be there. <laughs> we, we love going. I mean, our horror fests are, are like being at, at Disneyland for us. It's, <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. I don't meeting know a lot of other filmmakers and meeting just a lot of fans. Oh, so yeah, great. for anyone who hasn't been to a horror festival, there is nothing quite like it because it is the best audience you'll ever see a movie with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are so they're just like itching for the next scare and the next big the next movie. And uh, it's also great as a filmmaker, because if you usually at like a, um, a horror fest with that crowd, if you get like a gasp, it's real. It's a real because they've seen yeah. like a thousand other horror things that day. <laughs> So when you feel that gasp, you're like, we did it. (laughs) Yeah, man. The horror crowd is just such a great crowd. Now, admittedly, there are some terrible people because people are terrible. And so any group, there's going to be some terrible people. But by and large, you know, the, the horror community, they're so loving and they're so caring because, you know, like both of you have said, most people who like really love horror and get into making horror movies they probably weren't like the super popular, like everything was perfect for them. And that's not to say that, you know, like people who like horror have some sort of damaged life, but there's something about horror and the way that it taps into that darker side of humanity and the way that it taps it into this is how you cope with your demons, both internal and external, that it, it gives solace to people who have been through something. And, you know, even if it's something just as minor as like, you asked a girl out and she rejected you and it's like man that sucks and then you watch you know night of the demons and it's like oh well yeah sure i was rejected but at least you know i didn't get eaten by a demon in a uh, in a basement party so i'm well, okay I think, they, I, I think they focus on a lot of hope um which is what is really exciting like our movie is about our movie stars this girl who's figuring out who she wants to be and finds um, find strength that she didn't know existed before. And I think a lot of horror films, you know, focus on that, focus on some main character or a group of characters that are finding some, yes, they're dealing with everything that like you just said, but they're also, they're finding that internal strength that they didn't know or anything like that. And there's a reason why rarely are we, yes, we're enjoying what the monster's doing, but we're not usually rooting for them. I mean, <laughs> right. maybe Jason, maybe in like Jason, you're rooting for them. In the Chucky movies, I find myself rooting for Chucky. Yeah, or Chucky. Yeah, there's definitely some of those for sure. But I think there <laughs> is a lot of hope. And I think that is one of the reasons why like a horror audience is so um, positive and supportive is um, these are movies about like overcoming your demons or yeah. overcome or finding your own strength and stuff. And that's something that our, our film is tapping into. Yeah. I think, I think the big, a big difference. And I, I apologize if this is too like uh wordy or whatever, but I think the big difference is like in between like the horror crowd is like the two people who love horror movies are um, people who like are excited and like the monsters and people who have, like feel have felt sadness and have been felt like they were the monster. Yeah. Like have been isolated or, or ridiculed or something. And, you know, usually in these movies, you're either, you know, rooting for like a monster because you felt that way, or you're rooting for the person who has 
a crazy amount of like horror coming against them and like but in the end will they get away or 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 fight an insurmountable uh amount of pain and and horror it's that's uh, yeah you know, that's fun it's a good genre yeah and 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 again like that's why i love horror because there's so many different ways that you can read it so many different reasons that it gives people hope that it gives people something to relate to uh you know there's there's just so much about it that yeah sometimes just you know the the gore can be a lot of fun but most horror hounds that i know like that's not the only thing that they love they love that aspect and they can have a lot of fun with it so like they can watch from beyond and you know like when the pineal gland starts poking out of the forehead like oh man that's so bizarre that's awesome but it so rarely stops there and and yeah that's what i love about the horror crowd is the the willingness and ability to accept others and to understand people have been through something people have been through hell or they've just been through a minor inconvenience but it doesn't matter what i've been through if a minor inconvenience to me is hell for them, then okay, let's, let's embrace them. Let's give them those tools to fight it. You know, like the, the whole like Freddie versus Jason debate. It so rarely centers around which one of the final girls had it worse. You know, like <laughs> they, 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 they talk about the strengths of like, Oh man, you know, here's why this final girl had to really overcome this. And here's why this final girl really had to overcome this. But I don't think that I've ever heard a like, you know, a, a fun horror debate talking about, well, that person wasn't really traumatized or that person wasn't really in that much danger. And and I think that it's because people who love horror understand that it, it does it like it's relative. This person went through what they went through with their monster and this is how they overcame it. This person went through hell with their monster. This is how they overcame it. So let's have fun talking about which monster would actually defeat each other rather than which final girl is, you know, is, is stronger. Um, I do like, I do like the idea of a uh, horror film that focuses on minor inconveniences though. <laughs> just uh, you know, a monster that's just like put it making one tire flat or like <laughs> the gas ran out before you needed to fill your car, you know? Um, <laughs> I do. I do like this idea of some minor inconvenience horror film. <laughs> See, you, you talk about that as a joke, but have you ever had one of those days where, like, one thing goes wrong, just like, all right, fine, whatever. Then another thing goes wrong, it's like, man. Then another and another and another. And by the end of the day, even though none of these things in and of themselves is any reason to be upset, like you're at the end of the day, and someone's like. Hey man, how are you doing? Oh, fuck off. Like you're just so angry because everything has built up. Yeah, and it's like, just turned I'd like to see that film where a version like a, a villain like Jason, some masked uh, person is just in the corner chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> like not over there slashing their tires, just over there giving like a tiny little pinprick. You know, yeah, just loose, a little bit. Loosening their uh, their pipes when they flush the toilet. There's just a slow drip all day. Like that sounds hellacious because those are things that everyone has been through and who is going to like listen to someone complain about i had a bad day oh boohoo we all have but like yeah if there's a, there's a monster like no you don't understand there's this monster coming after me they're making my life miserable what are they doing they made all my knives dull and so like it's really hard to cut a sandwich <laughs> now that <laughs> they only left me with one slice of bread <laughs> They only left me with the butt ends of the bread. <laughs> I'd like to see that. So you're going to make uh, a, a series of minor inconveniences. And uh, what, what, is it, what, what was the other one? Look a monster face. Uh, or yeah. 
whatever that one I think, was. Uh, I think instead of making the movie, I'll just do that in real life. I'll just wear a mask <laughs> and mess with Shane slightly. <laughs> sounds more fun that way. You know, I think there actually is a board game revolving specifically around that. Like, how far can you uh, push the limits of just being minor inconveniences to people, both that you know and don't know, before, uh, before like, someone realizes that you're doing it, which to me just sounds god-awful. Uh, anywho, what is not god-awful is Seven Minutes in Hell. I really enjoyed it, uh, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I've, I've had so much fun talking to the two of you, uh, but I do want to be respectful of your time, and also, it was a 14-minute short, and I know that if we talk too much longer about it, we'll have exhausted <laughs> literally everything to say. So let's leave a little bit to the uh, imagination and a little bit more for the audience to discover when they have a chance to see it. So where can people uh, find you? Where can they follow your film? Where can they follow uh, your production company? Just any of that self-promotion and uh, and social media ing that you want to give. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, at uh, Seven Mins in Hell. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, you it's, also, the, it's the cool way of saying minutes. I don't know yeah, if anyone. It's a, it's a Gen Z. If uh, anyone needs to pick minutes. up on that, it's just like the super cool way of saying minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we got our uh, production company's website is can'tchangethewest.com. Uh, you'll be able to see any news from the uh, film there as much as well. Uh, watch a trailer and, uh, you know, you can read up a little bit about the cast and crew. All right. Uh, and do you want people to follow you personally online? If not, totally cool. Lots of people don't, but some people do. So just, yeah, I mean, you can, to... you can follow me at, at Justin Rager. Find the, the name. Shane doesn't have an Instagram. You can find, you can find Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what we call like mentally healthy. And he doesn't have. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, avoid <laughs> social media. It is uh, a, a bad place to be. Uh, all right. And uh, you already said where they can uh, check out the film and some of the places that it's going to be playing and the website that people can find it at. Uh, one of the other things that I've been asking uh, everyone that I've been talking to. Is there anything else that you want to say about the film? Anything that is just like burning within you that you wish that people would ask you about when asking about your work that you're just like, man, no one ever asks about whatever could be as trivial as what color was the monster blood? Like it doesn't matter. Is there anything uh, that, that you wish that people would ask you about that they haven't yet or that I haven't that you want to make sure to, to be able to share with the audience? Uh, yeah. Nobody asked why we put a TV in front of the front door. Why'd you put a TV in front of the front door? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so she couldn't just run out of the room. So she couldn't run out the front door. There's a TV there. I mean, so that just put, a, put a big TV in front of, front of the door. And that's uh, called problem solving on set. <laughs> Sounds more like it was a making a problem for her. <laughs> uh, no, it was, I mean, we had a, the only other thing we'll say is we just had like an, the best cast and crew. Oh, yeah. And uh, we worked all... with, especially we had worked with a, a lot of our crew for years. Mm. And so um, they're all very talented. Our cast is very talented. We were very lucky to have a lot of talented people around us that uh, made the film what it is. And the the unsung hero of the film is really our, our cinematographer, Will Sampson, just made the film look so beautiful and made our lives 
and our jobs very, very easy because he'd frame up a shot and we'd say that looks better than what was in our head. So let's keep going. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, we're just excited for more people to see it. Yeah. And I, I definitely recommend people check it out again. I had a blast with it. Uh, it is not seven minutes. So, you know, plan accordingly. You can turn it off after seven minutes if, you, if you're not feeling it. We won't. Yeah, we won't blame you. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it might be better if they start seven minutes into it. So then they're thrown into something that they don't understand. And there's some sort of resolution rather than getting seven minutes into it and be like, all right, I'm done. Because then there's like, but aren't you aren't you like the least bit curious as to what's going to happen? So I usually like to watch when Harry met Sally an hour in. So I'm like, well, how did they meet? <laughs> <laughs> and then that that confusion really let, it keeps me watching. Well, don't don't they say at the end how they met? They do. Yeah, so you you, you get how they met. If you stick with it. I only watch. I just watched the last minute of when Harry met Sally, so I know what happens. <laughs> that's a that's a very deep cut when Harry met Sally joke. And if there's if there's a lot of Harry Sally heads out there, they're gonna love that joke. <laughs> Well, I do love that joke. All right. Uh, yeah, I had an absolute blast talking to you. Um, oh, right. I have to do my social media. You can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. So I'm a nerd and I don't care. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to keep coming back as we continue on with our Chattanooga Film Festival coverage and go back and check out all of the coverage that we have done so far. And also be sure to, you know, stick around for our regular episodes. Uh, this month, we are in the middle of doing our musicals. If I actually get this episode out in July, we might be in August by the time this happens. I hope not, <laughs> because I don't want this to be delayed that long. Uh, but July, we're doing musicals. August, we're talking about Australian films. September, October, we're going to be talking about Stephen King. November, we're talking about Korean films. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star reviews. Tell your friends. Share the love of video monsters. And if you want to, uh, to watch the episodes live, we record usually tuesday nights at nine uh, through discord as i've mentioned pretty much every single episode for the last couple of years i have two kids they're both under four we try for tuesdays at nine but you know what sometimes kids fight sleep so sometimes things have to get pushed back uh but roughly tuesday nights at nine uh join us in discord the link for that is posted in the description so just scroll down wherever you're listening to this and uh, and follow that link and be sure to like and subscribe to seven minutes in hell and, and go and watch <laughs> that short. And, you know, also don't follow people into closets to make out with them unless they're cool with it, because that's, that's not cool. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be a sexual assault demon is, is, uh, the, the PSA of this episode. <laughs> Good words to live by. <laughs> it's, isn't it? Some Supreme Court justices uh, should live by that rule, and they don't. So that's been it for this episode of Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, but not ourselves. Good night, everybody.